Time to express yourself. Where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to my segment, Empowerment and Equality. My name is Hannah Sahoda, and I'm one of the many lovely hosts on Express Yourself Radio Show with Be The Star You Are. Today, I'll be discussing the topics of goals and resolutions for success, which I'm sure we'll all be needing this year, since 2024 has approached an impressively rapid pace. Happy New Year! With the new years comes new resolutions, a new persona, a new appearance, you know, new, new, new. But as the years have passed, I've noticed that many individuals, including myself, have set goals that they wanted to achieve in the new year, only to forget about them by February after the initial motivation has worn off. This year, it's going to be different. We're going to define our goals clearly and carry them out instead of giving up by week two. And I'll tell you some tips on how. According to CNN Health, Harvard Business Review, and the New York Times, there's a surefire schedule one can follow in order to have a semi-easier time in following their goals and developing desired habits over a period of time. And I, your lovely host, will provide her tried and true perspective on each method from the view of a busy pre-med college student buried knee-deep in books and too many all-nighters. Anyone in a high-demand career or on a high-maintenance study path will completely understand what I'm saying. So, the first step to developing a habit is setting specific guidelines for a goal you want to achieve. Don't be vague in setting your goals, and don't lie to yourself about how much you can achieve at the start. Change comes in waves, not all at once. You shouldn't shame yourself for not being able to achieve all your goals at the same time. Because you'll just end up overwhelmed and unmotivated, which is the opposite effect we want. But on the other hand, in contrast to doing too much, there's such a thing as doing too little. Rotting in bed will have the same effect of producing shame and no motivation. Because it is a cycle that is really hard to escape. In the blink of an eye, a day can end and go to waste if every hour is not used to the best. Thus, a healthy medium has to be achieved. Not too strict on yourself, but not too lax either. I know that sounds vague, but it depends on what a person is trying to achieve to find this balance. It's important to get proper rest and take care of yourself, even if your goals may be high maintenance. So to achieve this, creating a detailed, cue-based plan is ideal. I advise making the plan in specifics, with certain details revolving around your schedule to make it easier to carry it out. For example, rather than saying, I'm going to make more fruit-based smoothies instead of coffee, you should say, I'll make myself a smoothie after class when I usually do my grocery shopping. See the difference? One is a general statement with no set time, date, 
or opening in your schedule, whereas the latter statement provides a set time in one's schedule to carry out the goal in addition to gathering the proper materials for carrying out the plan. That way, you can hold yourself accountable. It's really hard to start something, but what's even more difficult is to be consistent with it. Setting a clear objective takes some pressure off figuring how you want to achieve a goal, because you know what you want. In my opinion, having something to physically write out your schedule is tremendously helpful for success, such as a agenda, planner, or vision board. For example, this month, I went to the nearest Michaels and bought a foam poster board and attached all my hobbies on it in the form of pictures. I took many from my Pinterest, which encapsulates all my interests and goals. You know, lots of aesthetic doctor pictures, models, pink aesthetics, fashion, music, sports, and so much more. That way, I can visualize my goals in a matter that is pleasing to my own eye. Although the My Vision Board consisted of pictures and magazine clippings, it can vary from person to person. You can really have fun with it. And in addition, telling your friends, family, or close loved ones is another form of accountability, as they will most likely help you stick to your plans and encourage you to keep going. Goals and resolutions are much easier with a good support system. That way you have people who have set expectations in addition to yourself, so you're not doing it alone. Another way to encourage healthy habits is actively making them fun to repeat. The more variety and interest your goals have, the more motivation and drive for discipline and consistency will be the outcome. As someone who also loses interest in things when I don't personally find them fun, I guarantee that a little bit of romanticizing and interest to future hobbies does pay off in the long run. You have to really want to change or else it won't happen. Burnout will occur by the first three weeks. Take, for example, a goal of eating healthy. There's so many recipes online for healthy foods that taste good, like a variety of different salads, smoothie bowls, acai bowls, bagel sandwiches. The list goes on and on. And one easy way of cutting back on unhealthy foods is simply not going to eat at fast food chains, which I find many people are doing this year. This can apply to many goals in addition to healthy eating. If you want to save money, you can delete your DoorDash accounts and try to become a little crafty to avoid impulse shopping. Want to be less technology addicted? Put your phone as far away from you as possible while entertaining yourself with a new fun hobby like drawing or something. See? If you make goals interesting and fun, they're significantly easier to achieve because they're bearable. You have to have fun with it in addition to wanting to better yourself. And in addition to maintaining clear goals with detailed cue-based plans, flexibility is one of the most crucial aspects regarding goals and resolutions for success, especially since I know everyone listening probably has a busy schedule, you know, as everyone does when they have a life. Fostering flexibility allows someone to set aside time in their schedule for their desired activities so that their resolutions can actually get done. Now that I'm on Christmas break from college, I've gained a lot of insight and time into how I can achieve my resolutions because I'm not swamped, you know, with finals, classes, labs, or other activities. I can finally take some time to myself, having a flexible schedule so that I can rest and become the independent, intelligent woman I aim to emulate in everything I do. That is my personal goal. 
And if you're still struggling to figure out what exactly you want to achieve this year, you know, since I find that everyone has resolutions, but sometimes it can be hard to come up with one. So I'll provide you with some ideas. One is journaling daily. Not just journaling when you're at low points or struggling. That means journaling every day, especially during the positive moments. I find it really helps with mental growth and calmness. You can organize your room or any of items you may have. You can focus on develop self-confidence and contentment. You can read more literature that interests you and or can benefit you in the long run. It may seem boring at first, but I promise reading is, it can get really fun over time if you find things that you personally have an interest in. You can work out more. You can get more sleep and develop a self-care routine. Me personally, my skincare routine really helps clear my mind for the day and get ready for bed because it's continuous every day and also provides some sort of continuity and schedule for me while simultaneously involving my interests. So it's kind of a way to tell my body that I'm going to unwind at the end of the day in addition to just making me feel healthier. You can work on procrastinating less and try a digital detox if you can. I've found that 30-second TikToks have greatly reduced our society's attention span as a whole, kind of to a concerning degree. It has a lot of great content on there and the internet is a valuable tool, but sometimes it's just beneficial to sit and take some time for ourselves. And that can also help you plan as well. Just sitting in the morning, maybe 10 minutes, just considering what you're going to do for the day, what you want to achieve, what you think you can do. You can start a new hobby or work on getting a new skill set. Or you can just focus, as I listed above, self-care, skincare, makeup, anything you want to improve your outer appearance. Because one, it's fun. And two, it can make someone feel more confident in themselves. And the list goes on and on. I only listed a few. Like, you could have a very random hobby, like, I don't know, unicycling, skateboarding, anything you find interesting. Like, it's never too late. So, now that we've discussed potential goals and motivations for the new year, I'm going to move on to talking about what or who to avoid in order to protect your peace. Okay. In all my 18 years, I feel like I learned most about what could potentially impact my perspective or motivations in my first semester of college, which I've just finished this December. It has, in fact, taught me a lot about how to plan, sort my goals, and reach for success amongst a busy schedule. But I have also experienced many negative aspects of dorming there that I didn't initially expect, yet still chose to learn and improve from. For those in the audience who have never been to college or don't quite know what the college experience is like yet, let me make one thing clear. It could not be farther than what's portrayed on the television. When I first officially moved to my dorms, I was imagining a scenario like that of Gilmore Girls, which, if you haven't watched it, makes college look like lots of fun with only the minor inconvenience of work, which is obviously mentioned in passing, but never the focal point of the characters in show which isn't that much of a shocker. However, I'm going to be extremely real with you. College is quite literally like a bigger high school. I was shocked to realize most adults are basically children, just with the desire to seem more mature than they are. 
I met a lot of motivated individuals who are like-minded in my goals and ideals, but also noted people who I chose to heartily stay away from for the sake of my mental health and happiness because it would impact my success. To really be successful, the main thing one needs to cut off is toxic individuals. There are people who will pretend to wish you the best, but secretly pray for your downfall or wish you ill intent from the behind. These are, I found, the hardest people to decipher, since many of them have experienced pretending and masking their true emotions to get trying it close to people, but in time, I say around two months or so, they start slipping up. You can call it the three-month rule. It's pretty popular amongst my peers in college. Three-month rule is enough to find out a person's true character because a Freudian slip is inevitable if they wish you ill intent or they just don't have good motives for you. So when a bigot or a fake friend gets too cocky or comfortable, they will show their true colors. However, what's important isn't their actions, but how you personally react to them. I suggest cutting them off without another word. Nobody has to waste their energy or time in getting rid of such negative or malicious intent. Especially for the new year, I implore you all to view your peers and close ones in an objective light, because I find that heavy emotions can sometimes paint people with a rose-colored lens rather than a clear one. Trouble is, in my opinion, like a cancer. If you don't cut it out early, it will spread and cause you problems in the long term. Gossips, bigots, narcissists, this year we're not dealing with any of them. It is perfectly okay to level up and change as a person. You outgrow people, it's life. But you cannot afford to let individuals drag you back down and continuously dismiss your accomplishments to make themselves feel better. If someone talks negatively about your name, or your interests, or your hobbies, or your accomplishments, it's usually from a place of jealousy and a projection of their own circumstances. So I think ignoring them is the best solution. They will grow angry because you don't return their negative energy, while you maintain your own focus and overall peace of mind. It's quite literally like uh, ignoring the elephant in the room. It does work over time. And, okay, so now I hope that my advice for the New Year's will stick to everyone listening, but since this is my segment, <laughs> I'm going to transition into an issue I'm personally seeing that will resonate with all people who are attracted or sexually attracted to men in any way. It's an issue that I'm about to speak about that is so common, especially in college, but untalked about, and I'm not sure why. In my opinion, dating men is the epitome of wasting time in the early stages of college if you don't pick the right one. Hot take, I know. I know that's a very hot opinion. But trust me when I say that I've seen so much relationship drama within the span of my five-month semester that it's enough to last me until I'm on my deathbed. Seriously, I'm going to be saving you so much time and happiness if you just steer clear of men in a romantic setting if you've just gone out into the world. Like, I'm 18. All of my peers that I'm around are fresh out of high school. We are just entering society. So I implore you to just maybe take a step back. Because in this generation, I've found that especially men's love is very superficial. 
the way I've heard teenage boys continuously dehumanize women, even in class, because of their patriarchal entitlement and desire for masculine validation is absolutely vile, and most of them need time to grow. I find that Hallmark movies have created unrealistic ideals, especially instilled in little girls, that marriage is the ultimate goal and the quote-unquote power of love transcends all importance or all work-related affairs. Well, unfortunately, I'm here to tell you it doesn't. There are men solely dedicated to wasting independent, strong women's time and trying to destroy their confidence simply out of a place of long-held resentment and misogyny. I know it sounds insane, but I've seen it firsthand so many times that by now it's become commonplace, with poor individuals being lured into a relationship that will destroy their mental health and grades, so you're not getting happiness from social, but you're also not getting happiness from academics. Don't let that happen. I'm saying to make sure to keep yourself safe and stay away from love bombing or men who want to get into a relationship after two days. Love bombing, if for those who don't know, is basically when someone continuously acts like they're in love with you upon meeting you. They'll say how great you are, how perfect you are, how special you are, without really even knowing who you are, in order to create an attachment. It's a very common manipulation tactic that's honestly kind of cruel, but many people fall for it in these days. It's absurd. So my advice, especially for the new year, is do not fall for the trap of situationships or quote-unquote non-committal exclusivity. Because if you're looking for something serious, these are just pretty words packaged to make their lack of respect for you less evident and to make women more susceptible to their toxic behavior like lying, cheating, or just disrespecting you. Like, what even is a situationship other than a way to say, hey, I don't respect you as a person, but I still want to try for every other girl because you're going out of style. Sooner or later, someone will get hurt on either side and it will impact your mood and henceforth your goals and resolutions for success. Good grades and a degree are definitely more important than a man. And to all my teen girls and man lovers out there, nobody should be causing you unwanted stress. You are not selfish for wanting to focus on yourself and yourself only because you are the main priority. Any person who disputes that or makes you feel lesser or wants themselves to be your main focal point needs to go ASAP because you're not a babysitter. Trust me. For example, let's take some examples that are really popular in the media today. Beyonce and Jay-Z, Adriana Lima, Shakira, Simone Biles, and their husbands that I don't even know their names. Like, they're very out of the public's eye. All of these successful women have been brought down and publicly humiliated by their male counterparts by being cheated on and belittled in an interview. The Simone Biles interview where her husband, which I believe is a football player, who continuously said she wasn't special, that he only liked her for her followers, that he was the prize. That's just not okay. And no one should be making anyone feel like that in a relationship on either side. So to be successful and peaceful, I really say don't get with men like that. I pinky promise a soulmate will come in time, but rushing things like love or desire can result in fatal disaster. It's an epidemic I'm honestly tired of seeing. 
the talented, super smart girl with a nonchalant mean boy. It's 2024 and we're over that trope. It's, it's gone out of style. And I've seen men continue to whine and try to say that there's a loneliness male epidemic, which has come up frequently on social media, that term, loneliness male epidemic. And it's honestly, uh, for lack of better words, stupid. Anyone who says a loneliness male epidemic, all of them in their interviews haven't even talked to anyone. They don't go outside. They have really bad attitudes. They're really misogynistic. Have these people ever considered no one wants to be with them because they're selfish, entitled, and practically unbearable to talk to? Women are not the problem for male loneliness and should not be shamed for having standards and self-respect. That's on them. We should not be villainized for having standards such as being reliable, being respectful, being of quality, and treating ourselves with respect which not allowing weaponized incompetence to be used against us as it has gone for generations i've noticed a real shift especially with gender roles and attitude it's going in a positive direction for sure but something otherwise interesting i'm also seeing is a plateau women are becoming more aware and less willing to put up with men's entitlement and it's resulting in something historically recognized as a pushback This has happened through movements throughout history, when the feminist movement was gaining traction, when civil rights and the Black Lives Matter movement was gaining traction. There was always something called a pushback. That means when oppressors start throwing tantrums and becoming angry as a system that historically benefited themselves begins to change and shift. Which is why I personally think there's such an uprise in incel culture, misogynistic podcasts, and male violence. Because men, not all men, but some men, cannot handle that women are everything they are and more. Smart, talented, self-sufficient, and beautiful on top of that. Thus, I implore all girls or man lovers, from, since I'm saying this from my perspective, to not get into a relationship with a man who is secretly jealous of you, especially for the New Year's. Dedicate your time to something worth interacting with. And for those who are in a relationship, I'm happy for you, but make sure that you still maintain your hobbies, interests, and resolutions. Please don't change for anyone and keep continuously improving because we are focusing on ourselves. And I feel like we should transition into another important point that has been on my mind lately. Self-care and self-worth does not solely deviate in terms of wanting beauty. I've listed it in the resolution list, and I talked about it earlier in the podcast, but self-care, so much more than that. Joy doesn't strictly lie in beauty, which are resolutions I've solely been seeing my peers set for the new year. So now I'm going to talk about how joy is impacted by beauty standards in our society since it is so ingrained in so many individuals' goals and resolutions for success. So societal beauty standards exert a profound influence on how individuals perceive themselves and others. You know, from billboards adorned with flawless models to curated social media feeds showcasing unattainable perfection, these standards conquer our daily lives, shaping what is considered beauty in our eyes. Yes, amidst these ideals lies a complex relationship between joy and societal beauty norms that warrants exploration. 
The focal point of this exploration is the impact of societal beauty standards on an individual's experience of joy, especially since we're going into the new year. So this prompts the question, how do societal beauty standards influence and potentially hinder one's ability to experience genuine joy? The answer to this question lies beyond a one-worded answer. Rather, it deals greatly with self-perception, societal norms, and emotional well-being. The concept of beauty standards derives from a greater source than just culture or the 21st century phenomenon of social media. Rather, the human brain's perception of physical characteristics, quote-unquote, are under pressure by natural selection to optimize reproductive success in a study conducted by a scientist called Yoroche. This brain automatically employs at least three modules composed of interconnected brain regions to judge facial attractiveness. This biological underpinning suggests that certain facial and physical attributes perceived as attractive may have links to genetic fitness and survival advantages. Evolutionary biology posts that our brains have evolved to assess attractiveness based on specific facial characteristics, which may signal health, fertility, or other advantageous genetic traits that we have been told is good. Our brains, crafted through the crucible of natural selection, inherently evaluates and interprets facial features to determine attractiveness. This automatic process involves interconnected brain regions, showcasing an evolutionary adaptation honed over millennia. Furthermore, the principles of evolutionary biology suggest that characteristics contributing to an individual's survival and reproductive success become more prevalent within a population over time. Traits perceived as attractive might thus signal underlying genetic advantages that have persisted and thrived across generations, shaping our ideals of beauty. The influence of genetics in shaping beauty standards highlights an intrinsic human inclination to seek traits indicative of health, fertility, and overall genetic robustness, an inclination hardwired into our evolutionary history. While cultural factors undoubtedly play a role in shaping beauty ideals, the influence of evolutionary biology provides a nuanced understanding on why certain traits garner cross-cultural attractiveness and endure over time. Though biology plays a role in the subjective question of what beauty is, society and culture oftentimes has the biggest influence in these standards. Films, series, Short films and advertisements often feature individuals who align with so-called conventional beauty standards, aiming to attract audiences, you know, for their products, just to get eyes on it. Similarly, modern social media platforms like TikTok encourage content creators to influence a global audience. These widespread exposures significantly contribute to shaping prevailing body and beauty norms worldwide. In past centuries such as the 17th, 18th, and 19th centuries, women didn't have exposure to social media, but were admired for a perceived natural, flawless beauty. While certain trends emerged in the 1900s, there was less societal pressure and obsession with conforming to these trends. In today's context, ideals from the 20th century resurface, amplified by the widespread availability of potent beauty enhancers. 
The continual introduction of new styles and trends further perpetuates the pursuit of societal standards, fueling especially women's aspirations to fit the mold of being considered most beautiful. The inclination to completely conforming to these standards may arise from societal influences and the self-imposed or media-induced obsession with an idealized notion of beauty. Body dysmorphia, negative emotions, and eating disorders are often intertwined with the unrealistic beauty standards perpetuated by media and societal pressures. The constant comparison to unattainable beauty ideals can erode individuals' mental well-being robbing them of the joy that comes from self-acceptance and embracing one's uniqueness. The influence of societal beauty standards on an individual's sense of joy varies significantly across cultures, intersecting with diverse facets of identity such as race, ethnicity, age, and sexuality. Beauty ideals often differ markedly between cultures, shaped by historical, societal, or cultural contexts. For instance, the International Socioeconomic Society states, quote-unquote, Western beauty ideals within women include being thin and tall, having long hair, having tanned skin, having big breasts, large eyes, a small nose, and high cheekbones. Compared to other cultures with which prioritize features such as fair skin, being short, etc., it's honestly a fascinating concept to me, as these variations can create unique challenges and expectations, which thus influence how individuals perceive themselves in relation to societal beauty norms. Moreover, the intersectionality of beauty standards with various aspects of identity accentuates the complexity of these expectations, impacting an individual's experience of joy and self-worth within their cultural and social societal contexts. Joy is not just a mere fleeting emotion. I'm going to explain where joy actually comes from so we can relate it to goals and resolutions and these beauty standards. It triggers a host of significant psychological and physiological changes that can improve our physical and mental health. On a scientific level, we feel joy in our neurotransmitters, which are tiny chemical messenger cells that transmit signals between our neurons, nerves, and other bodily cells. These neurotransmitters are responsible for processes and feelings in almost every aspect of the body, from blood flow to digestion. According to the article, How Looking Good Makes You Feel Good, quote, you will feel better if you're confident about your overall appearance. Thus, the correlation between self-perception and these standards that affect your perception remain high. The exploration of societal beauty standards unveils a complex relationship with the individual's experience of genuine joy. Undoubtedly, societal beauty standards exert a considerable influence that not only shapes individual perceptions, but also significantly impedes one's ability to experience genuine joy. The nature of these standards, ingrained in media, cultural norms, and historical context, exert a pervasive influence on self-perception and emotional well-being. The intricate interplay between biological dispositions, cultural influences, and the relentless pursuit of societal ideals significantly impacts individuals' sense of self-worth and contentment. 
These variations underline the multifaceted nature of these expectations with various aspects of identity and intersectionality of these standards. Consequently, the pressure to conform to unrealistic beauty ideals often leads to negative emotions, body dysmorphia, and diminished well-being, creating barriers to experiencing authentic joy and self-acceptance. Embracing diversity, challenging narrow beauty norms, and fostering a culture of inclusivity are crucial steps towards fostering genuine joy where individuals find happiness in embracing their uniqueness and celebrating diverse representations of beauty, unshackled from stringent social standards. So when you make your resolutions, I implore you to have in mind what will make you feel the prettiest, what will make you feel the best about yourself. It doesn't just have to be about your physical appearance, as many people think they're less attractive than they actually are. You can improve your self-worth and your confidence by enhancing features in your appearance through makeup, but you can also dedicate your time to making things that make you feel good, like reconnecting with nature, going on walks, getting more fit, connecting more with loved ones. And I feel like that's a point not many people seem to emphasize during the new years you know we all want to go to the gym and get that killer body you know like the kardashians have or like these bodybuilders have but we have to realize that we are also just human we're just normal people we're not celebrities we can't afford to get these facials or these surgeries and I feel like there needs to be more transparency with that in the long run. Like there needs to be there needs to be a culture in which we can all accept each other despite different appearances because I feel like especially nowadays with I I've seen on personally on my TikTok it's really divided people. Like I've seen different categories basically for people like people separate women into these different standards they they're slang for it it's like latina pretty deer pretty siren pretty mermaid pretty all of it is made up these categories all of it is made up like not you can't conform to one singular category and same for men too i know i've been talking a lot about how toxic males can influence relationships but you know, all this societal look smaxing, it's a term that's really come up in social media, like TikTok, like I said, that impacts beauty standards. It's this new thing I've been seeing called look smaxing. It's a term that's prevalently used for male self-care nowadays. It's like they have to, you know, they have to use this jaw clencher. It's it's very weird. It's very racially racially and ethnically motivated. Like they want you to have a curved nose, something called hunter eyes, fair skin. So I feel like if we don't maybe get rid of these standards, then we'll be going back to the early 2000s kind of way of looking at people, you know, 20 tips to be perfect. And I think it's I think it's okay for someone to just be average. You don't have to be constantly extraordinary. You can strive to be extraordinary, but you don't have to constantly be perfect. That's not how humans work, despite what's portrayed in the media. So I feel like if we all realize this sooner, we might be able to foster genuine joy and a better connection to each other because 
these divides are mainly caused by different appearances and cultures. So, and that is my two cents for the day. And so we are out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our audio engineer, Jordan. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestarur.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio. You can reach your goals with dedication, purpose, and focus. You can do it. And as always, remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Happy New Year! Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself go.